Hey guys, we are pleased to say that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation charity. And now, a message from one of our supporters. As someone who frequently goes out in the rock, metal, alternative scenery, and, you know, go to gigs, and clubs, pubs, you name it, the foundation helps raise awareness for people who don't understand our choices in music and why we like to dress the way we do. Um, so for people like me, it's like an added comfort blanket when we go out. It helps spread awareness to everybody else. To learn more about this wonderful charity, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Hey Jamie, do you like being cosy? I do. And do you like staying cosy? I like that even more. Then just head on over to www.staycosyclothing.com where you can find hoodies, tees, sweaters, and much, much more. With a new fall line out now. And just enter The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. And make sure you follow them on the Instagram at Stay Cozy Clothing to keep up to date with all the new designs. Remember guys, that's The Chronicles as one word at checkout to receive 10% off your order. My name's Nancy Shelley, I'm for Broken Jaw. You're listening to The Chronicles of Podcast. Enjoy. Well, dethrone my ass, boys. Welcome to hashtag WBW Way Back Wednesday. And these are the chronicles of Damo Bachelor. Why Damo this week, Jamie? Why Damo this week? Well, why last week we decided to celebrate a birthday? So we thought, you know what? That worked well. We'll do it again. I noticed that um, there was like four birthdays of previous guests in one week last week. I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to obviously put them in order because Damo's birthday, celebrating his 40th on Saturday. Of course, this is now a week later. We were originally going to throw Damo in. I thought, well, Brains was on Thursday. We had Joe Gash last Monday, I believe. So it was just like, fucking hell, everybody's got birthdays this month, this week. So obviously, Damo is coming out this week uh, to celebrate his 40th birthday from Saturday. We hope you had an absolutely unbelievable day. Um, I saw Damo last night at the Offspring. So uh, yeah, absolutely incredible. Amazing. And how was the Offspring? Um, offspring, absolutely phenomenal last night. Incredible. And it was so good to see him. Incredible. Mr. Bachelor, happy birthday, my friend. This is an awesome conversation, not only because we get to talk about all about the life of being a DJ and working at festivals and stuff like that, but we also just get to catch up with a friend. Yeah, it was beautiful. Happy birthday, Damo. Hope you had an absolutely banging day on Saturday. Um, and yeah, like Jamie said, it was just nice for three best mates to catch up. You know, after so long, we've been best friends for fucking years. Um, but it truly was a really, really enjoyable conversation. Like, not just for the fact that we obviously learn all about the man himself and all about what he does and the DJing life, etc. Science discos and festival work and everything. But we had a good laugh as well. Talking about reminiscing about Sainsbury's. Yeah. Those good old days, you know, only though I, w- I worked with him very, very briefly um, at Wetherspoons in 2018. Um, but yeah, it was a good conversation. And I was thinking, you know, an old demo since it was his 40th this week, we thought we'd uh, throw out his interview. And uh, although it's on a hiatus at the moment, Go back and check out the old episodes of the Gatefold Gateway, Damo's old podcast, which he talks about in this show, because it is a fantastic listen. It is absolutely wonderful, especially if you like your records and music and whatnot. They had some fantastic guests. 
So yeah, it's highly recommended. It is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and anywhere you get your podcast from. The Gatefold Gateway Podcast. It's uh, you will not be disappointed. So yeah, uh, Jamie. Yes. Any final words? No, just Demo. Thank you for coming on and happy birthday to you. Yeah, thank you very much, Demo. We really appreciate you and you, everyone should go check out the Gatefold Gateway. Ladies and gentlemen, these are the chronicles of Demo Bachelor. Ladies and gents, on today's show, we are talking to a man who is a poster boy for music fandom. By that, I don't mean a certain band or a genre, just music in general. He's used that passion to become a DJ, not only local clubs, pub levels, but also across the internet on Twitch and at music festivals, along with his podcast, The Gatefold Gateway. He's what I like to call an ambassador for the local Gloucestershire music scene, but more importantly, he's a very dear friend of ours. Welcome to Yusuf Chronicles, DJ Damo, aka Damo Bachelor. Hello. Hello. Absolute pleasure to have you here. Thank Finally. you. Finally. Thank you for the intro. You're welcome. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go poster, a poster boy. I'm not sure what that means, but. No, no, man. I just thought it sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if I like you or not yet, but I'll take, I'll take it. I was more proud of ambassador for local <laughs> ambassador, music. Ambassador, that's a good, good word. I was liking that one. Absolutely nailed that one. Dayman, how has the last year been for you, sir? Um... <laughs> Honestly, awful. Um, but it's it is what it is. I guess everyone's um, kind of like, yeah, maybe seventy percent, fifty percent of the the UK population is in the same boat. And I mm. guess it's kind of um, how you've used that time to 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 know to get something out of it and to to do what you want. Um, some people have obviously just sat at home. Some people have made use of the time really well i'm kind of a bit in between i think i could have done more but i'm sure as we'll come on to later i've also learned a lot of new things which i'm really proud of and um yeah like on a like we won't go into details but some stuff has been a struggle um, um but some stuff's been really good so it's kind of 50 50 um i guess yeah it's all about how you use your time and i've i've used my time okay yeah, that's fair enough, man. I mean, you said that, you know, people obviously either didn't use it, didn't use it as well as you thought you'd like to have done. But did you teach yourself anything new or like a language or did you learn a skill? Or anything like <laughs> well, I didn't, definitely not a language. Um, <laughs> I could barely speak English, but um, <laughs> I, yeah, when we obviously left the the country, got into an absolute shambles in March last year and um, we come out of race week and um uh, yeah like most of my income some well all of my income is working in a pub monday to friday or well it's a pub so it's tuesday to sunday um that's 90 percent of my income and then i get a little bit extra for doing what i love doing and that's playing music and all of that was kind of taken away for a minute and then furlough was announced and tom you know a bit about furlough and yeah um <laughs> You know, we furlough came in, but obviously all of that music money, which I was, you know, just, I loved doing it and I wasn't necessarily doing it for the music, but it's nice to have a little bit of extra money on the side. Um, and that was taken away. So the income was hit really hard, but yeah. So I guess st- stopping DJing really kind of threw me and the first, yeah, like April, May, 
um, were really, really tough, um, you know, mentally. And what was I going to do? I've not sat in the house for more than a day. Like I get out and I go places and mm. it was like, what can I do? What can I do? And I just, I guess like a lot of DJs and a lot of bands that have, are doing the same, that you just learn how you can put your skill out there and for people to enjoy, but on a different platform. And obviously that's where the internet comes in. Um, so I'd seen some DJs using um, a program called Twitch, um, which is like, I think it's more known for like people doing video games and mm -hmm. streaming games and stuff, but it's also an outlet for, for musicians and like people can just go on there and record themselves playing their music. And there were also other DJs just doing it on Facebook and putting a speaker up to their, you know, their phone up to a speaker. So I, and I was like, I'm not about that life. Um, that must've sounded dreadful. It did sound dreadful. And, and the reason I, and the reason I was really struggling is because I've not really taught myself anything to do on a computer since I was like in school. Um, I've, yeah. I've got basic knowledge of computers. I can run DJ software. I can run Spotify on a computer and I can run Safari, which is all I need. Um, <laughs> so Twitch was kind of like, how am I, I need hardware and software. And yeah, with the help from a few wonderful people, it eventually got going and yeah, so that was the first skill. So, like, I'm sure we'll go into that. And yeah. that was one of the things. And then, obviously, then we were back at work, and I was happy back at work, um, not DJing because of social distancing and restrictions, but I was still doing a bit of DJing on the weekend, which was good because it kept my hands in. Um, and then the inevitable second lockdown hit in November, and I taught myself how to record a podcast um, because I like talking. And Just like good. we've we've all known each other for a, a long time, um, yeah. a, like very long time, um, and I guess the same as you two guys. Like in our in our circle of friends, like it takes a certain sort of person with you know a little bit of charisma, um, you know. And to, to be able to do it. And I just felt like as a DJ who likes getting on the microphone at a headphone disco um, or when I used to work in Sainsbury's and I used to bar everyone from using the tannoy, it had to be me. Um, <laughs> those were the days. Those were the days, you know, and, I, and, and me and Jamie were, you know, we put ourselves forward for anything to do in front of a camera and work to just to not be doing the day job. It was like, Pretty can much, you yeah. do this? And it was like so different. I was like, I was always, a, I was, Jamie was probably an inch behind me in second place going, I'll do it as well. And we'll take a video camera around the fucking car park of Sainsbury's and promote some fucking salmon in a silly accent <laughs> for, for Gloucester Keys. He's not even wrong. I'm not even wrong. That's no. that's the actual truth. It's like, how can and we make a this turkey ordering that's free? That'll stick on me forever. And, and me and Jamie were the go-to guys because we, didn't a didn't give a shit but b we have that skill set which i'm not an actor i don't i'm not on television i'm not paid for that but it, it, in what they wanted we could do it and yeah. podcasting is is the same and you need you need a certain skill set um to be able to hold a conversation and yeah. to keep it interesting so that's kind of 
why I decided I was like, I could do more DJing, but I was actually, I really like talking to people and I've missed talking to people and the podcast thing, as you know, it, it keeps you chatting to people and it's the best, it can be the best thing and it can be a lifesaver, even if it's just for 40 minutes a week. Um, it, it's just, and so I was like, I, I had to learn more software and get more hardware and um, yeah. And it's just kind of developed from there. So spent a lot of money, but learned some stuff. Yeah. But it's always, it's come good though, hasn't it? So obviously, cause the podcast is flying and like you said, we will get to it, but yeah. Um, I mean, I remember last year, obviously, I was furloughed for pretty much the whole of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the only thing that saved me. I loved this. The only thing I lived for on a weekly basis was interviewing and doing the show with Jamie. And I absolutely yeah. loved it. So, I mean, just out of curiosity, I don't know if I've already asked this question. How did you guys meet? Was it Sainsbury's? Me and Jamie did, yeah, yes. Sainsbury, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I had a group of friends um, at Sainsbury's and then a few of them left and then Jamie joined and I can't even remember what year it was. I think it was like 2004, uh, 05. I think it was about 2006 or seven. Okay. Um, right. And yeah, it's like, you know, when it's, it's that whole, um, like the, the Slayer meme is when, when you see, when you're in your Slayer t-shirt and you see somebody <laughs> in the Slayer t-shirt, you just nod. You go, <laughs> yeah. And, and it was kind of similar. Like you don't, in Sainsbury's like we didn't know who we all got along like everyone worked it was great great fun to be there but I was like you can only have a certain amount of like proper mates that you think oh they're good they're good mates and and when I met Jamie I just thought he's actually he's such a top dude he loves obviously kick-ass music which is what our group was about anyway like my friends and I we used to do like um, rock band nights oh, they, um, it, even death. mine or our friend Dan's house and I think I was I said to our friend Dan I was like um, I've got a friend coming around is that alright um, he works at Sainsbury's with us and Simon kind of knew him anyway and um, and yeah we just kind of integrated him into the team um, and yeah a love of wrestling music um, yeah and it kind of it just went from there. It's kind of the same way as like most friendships develop and, you know, you get them into your friendship group and they become part of just a natural part of a circle of friends. Yes, because you are actually the reason why I know so many people. You are yeah. the main hub. And I met everyone I know I met through you. In Jamie Chattanooga. Westwood included. Yes. Because I remember, I remember how I met you. I was so drunk. This is like 2007, I think, at Propaganda. You had a Mr. Kennedy t-shirt on, and I also have the exact same the t-shirt. Fucking Kennedy t-shirt. <laughs> one of the best t-shirts ever. One of the greatest wrestlers ever. We love that guy. I was fucked. And I walked into props. I think I've been there two, three minutes. And I spotted you with the same t-shirt on. I jumped on your back and just went, Kennedy, <laughs> in your ear. And I remember Katie at the time was like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> and the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. Um, and like I said... Um, wrestling was a big deal for us back then. Like, yeah, yeah. Jamie, really was. Was a rest- Jamie was a wrestling fan. Um, we probably got chatting because we like music. But I think when you when you've got friends that are wrestling fans, then it's like that forbidden conversation yes. you have, isn't it? And um, all of my friends were into wrestling and old school WWF, WWE, and it was it was just it was so easy for, for him to come into our group. And then likewise, when yourself, because 
what do you do? Fucking March comes around, you stay up and watch WrestleMania. And, oh, and, right. and prior to that, it was like, we'll, we'll watch pay-per-views and we stayed up for pay-per-views. And I've got pictures on my phone of Jamie falling asleep, watching pay-per-views and... <laughs> It's every fucking time. Every, every time, time. But every time. It's, it's just part of the fun, isn't it? And we had traditions of going back for every WrestleMania. It was just it we it was a big deal. And uh um yeah, that's basically the best. It's it's how you meet your best friends, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. One of my favorite moments was in is it the King's Head in Presbury when Smitchy did the Unbelievable was one of the best <laughs> Unbelievable. With yeah, that yeah, yeah. I'm With- so glad it comes up on my Facebook memories yeah. once a year. Um, it's not something I want to watch every day, um, but when I'm reminded of it, yeah, I'm instantly taken back to arguably one of the best events. Yeah, and that and the the, the Skittles incident is also another absolute highlight. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot. And and it's, you know, it's, it's amazing to look back because obviously like you talk about the last year and um, it's been difficult to make memories that yeah. you're yeah. going to look back on in a few years time and go, Oh, do you remember April in 2020 and what happened? We're not going to be able to do that. So for, for now, looking back at the best memories, um, it's got to be a positive way of thinking, right, when April 2022 hits, there's got to be a, you've got to make opportunities to make some more of those great memories and have some of those good times. Yeah, and hopefully getting ready for trees and download and sonosphere and latitude and God knows whatever else is coming out. Well, yeah, because festivals is kind of a write-off again this year because of our shitty government, um, which, and, and I don't like to talk, talk about politics. I'm not a politician. Um but yeah, they fucked us. They fucked us over. But hey ho, um, next year, like we just go harder, and that's that's how it works. As, as soon as social distance is over, everyone's gonna be out there naked partying for weeks. Yeah, I'll be there. No one's gonna, no one's gonna go to work. <laughs> <laughs> but like, even next year, it's like let's fucking nail something down for WrestleMania. You know, let's just do an all night or all day or all night. Go for yeah, a roast. Let's just, just kick it old school. And let's do it. Let's do it. Everyone back. Yes. Be brilliant. Because we've not been able to. And I think everyone, as much as it's nice to see people at the moment, um, briefly whilst you can, and you're allowed and the restrictions are slowly being lifted and it's really cool. Um, there's still, there's still something that's kind of missing. And I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, like yeah. I'm enjoying what I've got at the moment, and I'm enjoying my time, and I'm enjoying being back at work and seeing friends. Um, but it's, it's but just it's, something. It's not it's just quite something. right. Yeah. No. But we'll get there. We will. I suppose we should ask you some questions, really, shouldn't we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, just before um, Jamie, I just want to just publicly say like just thank you so much just because anybody that's working in the i know you've just like you've changed your career and you're working in the nhs now and i think anybody that's part of that industry just deserves a fucking gold medal and a pay rise and not a fucking clap but i can't take credit i haven't been there that long but no i know but you're in there and you're on the firing line and i just i think of, of all the negative stuff we've talked about and all the politicians and all the other shit i think the nhs is gonna is just comes out is like the greatest thing in the uk 
Yeah, completely agree. Like I said, I've only I saw the back end of it, and what I've some of the things I've seen has been horrible. So the people that were there through the worst of it, I tip my fucking hat to them. I really yeah, man, know. absolutely. So anyway, take us back, my friend. Can you? Obviously, we we said like in the intro this passion for music. Can you remember where this came from, or is it something that's developed over the years? Like, is you heard a record one day and you're like, that shit, I fucking love this, or is it just you know music? It's just been all it's, part of your life. Yeah, my dad. Without doubt. Um, if you know my dad, you know what an absolute legend he is anyway. Oh, yes. um, Just every single time we got in the car and there was just something to listen to. Because he loved music. He was in a band back in the day in the 60s, 70s. He was in a band, um, a big band like in um, Haverford West, um south wales he was in not like a band but in like a i can't remember the sort of band he was in but it was like a they just had loads of musicians loads of instruments um and they played big venues and uh, he just played guitar and um yeah we always had guitars in the house when we were younger like me and my brother um and most days we would sit there and sing beatles songs and my dad, <gasps> my dad would play guitar from probably when I was like six, seven, maybe, you know, at least until I was like 13, 14 and still going to school and trying to be cool. And then it was like, come back home, get the guitar out, dad. Come on. So, <laughs> I want to sing Layer B. Um, <laughs> so the Beatles was huge. I'm not a massive Beatles fan now. I was, but then I've realized they weren't probably i don't know if i should say this i i don't think they were as good as people made out but back when that was what i was listening to they were they were the greatest and i loved them and they were they were charismatic and they, that that influenced how i am like watching john lennon and paul mccartney um as just the most outgoing fun band to be around at the time and also the biggest band in the world um probably the biggest band ever um but my dad also had other tastes in music like um dire straits um ario speedwagon i got onto those bands and yeah i just had music drilled into me from day one and my mum was a huge out and john fan she had out and john records old school out and john like great good records like follow the yellow the yellow road album um so music was always in my house i had it on all the time it's funny you talk about the Beatles because I was exactly the same when I was growing up with my dad as well. He'd play the Beatles record every day, I think at least. And uh, I was just love that. She loves you. Yeah. I should love that song all the time. And I want to hold your hand as always followed it. You and, can't, uh, you can't beat them like for pop, pop maze and music. I don't know what you want to, what genre you put them into there. To me, they're just a pop band and I do respect them. I, I, they're not a band I go back to very often, but I do have massive respect for them. And they are obviously, when we touched upon rock band earlier, um, the Beatles had a, their own edition of rock band. Yeah, uh, they did. And it was like, can you sing harmonies like George Harrison and those guys? And like, no, you fucking can't. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one can. No one can, though. <laughs> they're, they're masters of their craft and say what you want about them and... They're just amazing. And that's that's what I grew up on. I grew up on the Beatles. Incredible. But I've, with, as we were saying with your music taste, it it's so 
like what's the word I'm after here? It's so eclectic. That's the word I'm after. Great word. Yeah, word, isn't it? You know, I've I've known you to listen to fucking Taylor Swift, and then go put Devil Driver on, and then I've heard you mention Dua Lipa loads lately, and obviously you know, <laughs> all over the fucking shop, like DMX, just names and pulling out the top of my hat. Is that? Do you reckon that comes from your dad, or is that over the years with different people you've spoken to and venues you played, etc., etc.? Where do you think that comes from? I think it just comes from. I just wanted to explore music and also growing up around like being in school, like in the mid nineties. Um, I think I grew up in the best time for music anyway. Um, and people will say the nineties was shit or what the eighties was shit or whatever, but I grew up in a time when grunge was still about. So we obviously, everyone liked Nirvana. Um, Smells Like Teen Spirit was covered by every school band. Um, <laughs> like every band. It may, it may be not want to like Nirvana. Um, I also had friends that were into Green Day and um, The Offspring was one of my favourite bands at the time. Um, and going back to what my dad, I said, Dad, can I just have a tenor to go and buy Smash by The Offspring? It had just come out. And I played it in his work. And I was just like, everyone in his work and I'm there skinny little kid and I'm like, I'm putting smash on by the offspring and you're going to like it. Um, <laughs> but, and then the, the new metal scene happened and then, um, yeah. And then pop music just because it's so great. And I think DJing um, propaganda all those years um, was just rock music. And then it wasn't until I got out of props and into, spoons i started gaining this new respect for like um pop artists so the pop was kind of a bit later um and maybe 25 year old me um you know drinking would think would want to punch me in the face for like loving <laughs> taylor swift and and all those artists but as you get older and we speak about it on my podcast it's like is it a is it a guilty pleasure well it's not really because you like it and you I've just I've just embraced the whole pop culture and you don't feel guilty for liking it do you exactly and I we've changed our question from what's your guilty pleasure to instead of asking that question we ask what is a musician that people wouldn't associate you with um because guilty pleasures is I don't think it really it shouldn't exist no, it, it might 10 to 10 years 10 15 20 years ago when people were a bit different it might have done um but now it it shouldn't because I can wear a Dua Lipa t-shirt out and I've got a Dua Lipa t-shirt and I've seen her live and she is hands down one of the biggest artists in the world right now. And she just writes absolute bangers. And that's, that's the reason why I like her music because it is so good. Yeah, it's fair. I can't say I blame at all. So um, I suppose when you're a DJ as well, obviously you kind of need that differentiation in tastes of different musics because otherwise if you're asked to play like R&B, for example, and you're like, mm -hmm. well, it's shit, I don't really like it, you're not really going to pull it off, are you? Because obviously we're going to get into the DJ stuff now anyway, but I mean like um, 
you 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 can't pigeonhole yourself into one genre because then you can only play one certain venue rather than spreading out and playing yeah. all these different other places because you you know you start banging these bangers out. Like, I remember I've been with you and you played songs going fuck I forgot all about this. This is yeah. phenomenal. Like um, Tiny Temper and stuff like yeah. that. Like, absolutely incredible, incredible scenes. But how did DJing actually begin? Like, what made you go? I want to start smashing oh. up people to dance to. Wow, it's. It is probably the time when me and Jamie were hanging out, actually, um, quite a lot. Um, we were going to propaganda a little bit, um, and we were, you know, I think, yeah, you were quite quite propaganda quite a lot, weren't you, Jay? Um, um, to start off with, yeah. Yeah, so we were going to props, a few of us. Um, I didn't, and I was like, this is, this is cool. Um, <laughs> and I'd been to, like, there was, like, there was a proper metal night in Cheltenham, like industrial metal. And it was great, but it was like, it's just metal. And I was like, it's only, it's only, I, it was actually in Poonanar and then it moved to another venue. And I was like, I do like metal music, but I, I can't listen to it all night. I really can't. I like, they wouldn't play green day and they wouldn't play blink and they wouldn't play Nirvana. That It would just be like Ramstein followed by Nine Inch Nails, followed by Sepultura, followed by, you know, any heavy band. Yeah. So we started going to props and it was a student night and I was a little bit older than a student, but it was, it was fine, but it was a proper student night, but we started going and um, started chatting to the DJ a bit. Um, and he was like, I've got a night at the night owl as well. Come to that on a Friday. So we were going out Thursday and Friday um, and we're going to the night owl and just chatting to the DJ, it's Clive, obviously. Um, and it was back in the MySpace days. Yeah. And we all had, we all had MySpace. And I just messaged him on a whim, just thinking, mate, I really, I, I, I said, I really like chatting to you. Um, you're a cool guy. Um, we're similar age. Um, he's a little bit older, I think. And I was like, you, you're only do, you're doing like four or five hours. Do you not ever want a break? <laughs> like now knowing that I would never have a break in a four hour. <laughs> I was like, but I work at Sainsbury's and you get quarter of an hour for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, you did by then. You got to work six now. Um, but I was like, oh, if you ever, you know, if I would, I would love to do it. And he basically replied about an hour later, and I was like. Oh, I've got a message off Jinx on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> and he just basically said, write, write out a set list for 45 minutes to an hour. Just write a set list. What would you play? And he went, it's, um, it's, he said, I sound, it sounds a bit silly me asking this because I know you like, I know you know what all the songs are anyway. But so I just wrote a set list of like bangers, like no something you wouldn't do now because you do need a few like in between tracks to kind of mix it up. But it was just like 20 stone cold dance floor mosh pit songs. Mm. And he was like, okay, put all those songs onto a couple of CDs and come to the Nile. I was like, you fucking what? And he, he just said, come to the Nile. And I, and we made a bit, I don't know. I can't remember if you were there, Jamie or not, but we made a big deal out of it. Like me and Dan and all the, all the lads were like, Damon's going to DJ at the night out. Like what the fuck's that about? And it just started there. And I was just, I was taught the basics, the absolute basics. Um, 
press play, use a slider, take the CD out, put the CD in, change the track number. Basic, very basic. And then as time progressed, it was like, oh, this is cue points and faders and, you know, change the BPM. And and it, I guess it was kind of like an internship. Um, <laughs> like, okay. And then, and then about a month later, he was like, um, do you want to do the first hour at Props on Thursday? And I was like, whoa. Because Props was always rammed from the doors opening. Like there was no... Mm. Between. there was no there was no chill out two hours at the start of the night it was the cl- the queue for when it was opening was down the end of the road and you, these days and i was like the first hour it props to loads of people and so i was like i've got to change it a little bit so i started i put in putting loads of different tracks and he was like that was good and then he started letting me do the last hour and i was like all right this is worrying because <laughs> if you fuck it up then you're like it's the last hour it's packed They're, everyone's drunk they want a good time so I changed the set list a bit put in what I wanted to play and then yeah that's how it started um, and then eventually uh, I don't know if I'm going too far but no carry on yeah Clive moved on I got my own room at Props um, we did some festivals and the rest is history you only had your own room. Like those are the days back in the propaganda times. Like I lived for Thursday night. Yeah, just lived for it every week. Just loved every second of it. It was just perfect. It um, was yeah. when it was downstairs. When it was downstairs, and like it was you and Clive mixing up and stuff. It was just phenomenal. And then when you got you, then you did downstairs by yourself, or they moved to the middle room at that point. I used to do a cup because um, yeah, Clive was just getting more gigs elsewhere. So I'd sometimes have to cover the whole night, which I was cool with doing. Um, and it was great fun. Um, then it was like um, our friend Jack Higgins was in charge of props. Yes. And he was like, um, so we're changing the format a little bit. And we want you to just do this bottom floor stuff on your own in the middle floor. And Clive's going to do pop, um, R&B, oh, hip hop. Yes. Um, so me and Clive we're spending less time together, but we were in the same club playing music and we, we were killing it along with like John, John Wilden upstairs playing indie. It was, yeah, for a, for a couple of years, it was, it was really, really successful. It was spot on. So, Can you remember well, the first set you did? Yeah, I can. I got pictures of it. And like I said, we made a bit of a, bit of a big deal of it. Um, we were pre-drinking probably at my house somewhere. Um, yeah, and then it was just like, shit, I'm going to do some DJing. This is weird. And it wasn't really DJing. It wasn't like mixing. I didn't know what I was fucking doing. Um, I was just choo- I was choosing the songs and I was getting to play them myself. I get what, I get what you're saying. It's not really DJing. But I remember I covered for you one time. And oh, in the, pigs. in the pigs. Yeah. yeah. And it's fucking nerve-wracking as hell. Yeah. Because... Especially for the first time, because you don't know what sort of music or songs the audience is going to appreciate. And it was that that night I went, okay, this is fucking harder than it looks. Yeah. It's like, do you have things or actions that you sort of look out for in a crowd that you're like, this isn't working. I need to mix this up. It's not going down right tonight. Or do you just, you've got the songs you want and you fucking go for it. Um, I'm going to sound a little bit big headed here. <laughs> um but amongst like amongst the DJs that I DJ with, 
like John Weldon and Clive are two of my closest friends. They have both told me on numerous occasions that, or I'm not, I'm not the best DJ. I will, I hold my hands up to that every single time. I, I know what I'm doing and I can do it and I can pull it off. Um, I, I'm not technically gifted. I can't DJ on vinyl. Um, there are D there are millions and millions of DJs that do it better than me. Um, but they will both tell me that my biggest skill when I'm DJing is I know exactly what to play and when to play it. And I don't know why, or I mean, obviously it probably just goes to my love of all types of music. I can just find a song. If I'm stuck, I'll have a go-to song and I can, I just, I know it'll work. And then you go from there. So one or two might not work. And as a DJ, you've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be prepared to think not every single song you're going to play that night is going to go down really, really well. It's just, if something's not going down well, what is it you're going to play next? To, yeah. To bring it back. Because you can't exactly stop the song halfway through and go, you sorry, can't. folks. <laughs> you just got to, you just got to write it. And then the next, you just got to make sure the next one works and for, for whatever reason, I that's one of my that's one of my biggest skills as you know a DJ that's played massive venues and I've got a long longevity that's just lasted and it's probably because of that. So I I don't you know like again it's not to sound big headed but if I can if I play a stinker, the next one I'll follow up with will usually help me out a little bit. It's good at reading the room. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do take requests. I love talking to punters. Like if people in spoons are coming up to me, yeah, it's a bit annoying if you're trying to, if you're in the middle of like doing a mix, but I do love talking to people. And it just goes back to what we were talking about at the start. It's like, I'm quite a chatty person. And um, if some drunk 50 year old woman comes up to me in spoons, I'll chat to her and I'll play a song because I'm sometimes you know, that's what they want. And you got, if you make everyone happy, then you'll be all right. <laughs> uh, does it ever fuck you off though? And people come up and they're like, so how do you do it? And they stand up oh. and start like, <laughs> like, do you mind? So I'm trying to, it's you like know, get away. It. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know it's a, it's a bugbear for a lot of DJs and yeah, for everyone. It's like, can I ever go? Can I plug my phone in? Will you play this song off YouTube? And what? No, it's Yeah. If you got, can I put my phone into your computer and you can play this off YouTube? It happens. Like people are idiots, but <laughs> for every idiot, you get someone that's a bit more respectful and they will ask for a genuine song and they will come and thank you for what you're doing. And you t- just take the good with the bad. You're going to be fucking an absolute hero once all this stuff, lockdown starts to fuck off. <laughs> Everyone is going to be loving it. Like we said earlier, everyone's going to be outside naked partying. So I'll soundtrack it. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so how did the festivals happen then? So you DJ in clubs and stuff, like how did you manage to make it up to the next level? Well, again, Clive was a big you know, big factor with that, um, for the first part. Um, and then with the second part, it was a guy called Jim Lockie. Um, but to explain the first part. Um, Clive was working for a headphone company um, and he just rang me one morning and was like, are you going to download? And I was like, nah, probably not. And I was like, I'm not really into like massive festivals. I, 
I w- I'd love festivals, but it was just like, I'm a bit older. I can't really do that anymore. And he was like, do you want to DJ a download? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. So this is the deal. Um, I won't talk about figures and money, but he was like, this is the deal. We're going Friday morning. Um, you're going to DJ Friday, Saturday, Sunday, six hours. And yeah. And I was like, we get to see the bands in the day. Yeah. We're camping VIP. Yeah. Let's do it. I was, I was naive. I was a bit naive um, as of, cause I'd never done festivals, but I just said, yeah, I just said, yeah, I want to do it. I, it's something you can't turn down. Um, so we did download the first year. It was amazing. It was so good. And I don't know if this is where your questioning is coming on to, but the second for the second year, Tom, um, but yeah. So the first year was amazing. It was literally I had the time of my life. Um, and then I got invited back the second year and I was a bit more savvy to what was going on. Um, and probably against my better judgment, I took the piss a little bit. Um, which is quite hard to admit, but you know, I, I messed up and Tom knows the story. Um, Oh yes, I do. But I got away. It was fine. And it was, you know, war under the bridge and, uh, but it, yeah, doing download was absolutely amazing. And I did the same slots again, three hours, didn't get to see any headliners. Um, but it was just amazing. It was just, yeah. Download. It changed my opinion of a big festival. Um, I was, I, we used to go to Reading all the time, obviously, and you came with us, Jay, and um, we used to just do Reading as youngsters because it was the greatest festival in the world. And I could run around all day and drink all day for four days, and I could. Um, I can't so much now. Um, <laughs> and I didn't think I'd be able to do it download, but it was, it worked all right. And I, I, it changed my opinion that a big festival doesn't have to be like Reading. Um, because download is 20 times um, like better in how it's run, um, the space um, and the setup is just phenomenal. Reading are obviously up in their game this year and, and because of COVID and they're changing the layout of the festival to have two bigger stages instead of one. But download have been doing that for years. Like download have had two massive outdoor stages um, for years. They, and it's it works amazing, and I was so impressed. It's a, sh- it's a shame that Download lost this with a Download, isn't it? Next year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's fuck you, COVID, you piece of shit. COVID. Still got Kiss, though. It's fine. Still got Kiss. Oh yeah, and Deftones, <laughs> but that's cool. Yeah, and then and then um, so the third year for Download, I wasn't invited back, which was fine. I was like you. I'm, I'm okay with that. I was like, I know I, I did wrong. And I was in the frog and fiddle and I was talking to a guy called Jim Lockie, who's uh, a fabulous singer um, and his band is amazing. And he probably won't see this, but he's such a good dude. And we were just chatting. He was like, uh, so you're DJing trees this year? And I was like, no, I've never DJed 2000 trees. He was like, why? I was like, because it's 2000 trees and it's amazing. And it's like, for me at the time, I know I'd done download, but 2000 trees was the pinnacle. It's like my favorite festival in the world. I absolutely adore it. The people that run it are amazing. And I've met a few of them. Um, It's just the greatest festival 
to exist. And I'm, I know it might sound like I'm blowing smoke at their asses, but it's in fucking Cheltenham. It's 10 minutes from my house. It's, it's mind blowing that, that <laughs> fest, it blows my mind that that festival is so close. And the bands that I get to see and the friends I get to see, it's like my ultimate, you know, dream. Yeah. So they were like, you've got a DJ. And I was like, how do I go about that? And he was just like, just leave it with me. And then two days later, I got an email from the signed disco company, who, which wasn't the same company as I did for download. And they were like, yeah, do you want to come and do a set? And I'm like, what? And it was the same moment. It, I, was, I was in exactly the same mind space as when Clive said, do you want to play the Nile? It was exactly the same. Like download, I was like, okay, I would love to do it and I'll do it and I, can, I know I can do it. 2000 Trees was different. I felt so different when I got asked to do Trees. That was like, fuck. Like a dream come true. Unbelievable. And they were like, yeah, we need you to do, um, it's, it's a, I, th- I can't even remember. It was a four, it's a four hour set. It's in the cave. And I was like, in the cave, which is, if you've not been to 2000 Trees, the cave is like the second stage and it's, it's big. It's a small festival second stage. Um, but the bands that have played on that stage, like the Wonder Years, um, While She Sleeps, like all those bands have played that stage. That it's the heaviest stage. And they're like, we want you to do a rock set in the, in the second stage. And they said, we can't pay you, but we'll reimburse your ticket money. And I was like, that's fucking perfect. I was like, I, I would do this for free. Like I would do it for free. And, um, I did it and the organizer, um, came on the stage and he was like, Whoa. And he couldn't believe it. It was going off. And I was DJing with John Weldon on the other channel. Um, and it was just the greatest night. It was, I kind of, I had a moment whilst I was on stage, I kind of broke down a little bit and I, I cried for about a minute. Um, away from the stage so i i pressed play on a song and i had to walk off because i was just so overwhelmed with what was going on and i know it doesn't sound it doesn't sound much because there was probably there's probably only like a thousand people in there in that tent but it's a festival i've been going to for a long long time and it just it meant the world to me to be there and to play and also it's like it download and read in all the people there and not your friends but at yeah. trees, you know that at trees, you know there's a lot of people there are your mates and they're rooting for you. Like when I go and see a friend's band play trees, I'm rooting for them. And it it just felt like at that time they were rooting for me. And it was it was something I've never experienced before. Incredible. It's like a proper dream come true moment, you know. But you say it's not very big, yeah. but for you, that's oh. fucking massive. And I've seen Clive DJ there before. I, I went with Clive a few times the first time I went was with Clive and he got me a VIP pass and he was DJing and then but I'd never really thought about it I was like it's not gonna happen because John Weldon DJs there every year and he's he's the Don um there's other great DJs there and yeah to be asked to play there was amazing and I I did really well and then the silent disco company were like well you're part of our roster now and you've got to go to other festivals. So that's how Reading happened. That's what I was just about to ask you. Because yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a propaganda. Was that not a propaganda? Um, sorry, what was that? Was Reading not with propaganda? So no, no, Reading wasn't with propaganda. Reading 
yeah, I did the second year at Trees and then they said, um, would you like to do Reading? And I was like, well, Jamie knows my history with Reading and going every single year from 2000 to 2010, I went every year. Yeah. It was a big fucking deal. And I, I said to myself in 2011, which was the first year I went to Trees, I was like, A, I'm never going to a big festival ever again because Trees were so good. And B, I'm never fucking going to Reading again because that place is huge and it's ridiculous and I can't cope with it. And then they said, do you want to DJ Reading? <laughs> Go back on yes. what I just said. Fucking want to DJ Reading. And that was because they, they knew that I, it wasn't a, as a rock DJ. It was more of what I do on a Saturday in Spoons, which is R&B, hip hop, pop music, drum and bass, all that stuff. And they were like, just come and do it. So I was actually on the same channel as John Weldon. We were doing our slots on and off. Um, I, we spent the whole weekend there. Um, it was unreal. And we were DJing. I say against, it's not against. They're on another channel. Um, and if, you, uh, if you've not been to a headphone disco, you get a pair of headphones and you can choose which DJ you listen to. And there's no loud music it's just all free headphones so all the djs can hear is just singing and it's it is literally the greatest experience the first time i ever did it a download was it blew my mind and Reddin was like you got the propaganda propaganda djs on one channel and me and john wilden on this channel and that weekend was just ridiculous like we drank a lot we piled a lot but we absolutely smashed it every night. And the propaganda DJs were so good as well. And there were 6,000 people in that tent. Oh, it's, the, it's the biggest to the biggest amount of people I've ever played to. Um, there's an amazing video on YouTube. If you search for propaganda Reading Festival 2018, I think it was 2018 I played. Yeah, 2018. Um Silent Disco Propaganda, and if you search for it, and Propaganda did an amazing promo video for it. And you can literally just see me and John on stage, like just going for it. And the amount of people in that tent was just unreal. Unreal. Can you remember walking out and seeing that many people? Yeah. I mean, we had, we obviously had to set up anyway. And I was just thinking, this is big, isn't it? Um, John was like, it's, it's a lot bigger than trees. I mean, trees is like a thousand people in the tent. This is like five, six times bigger. We reckon there was like 6,000 people in there. So that would have been nearly 20,000 people we played to over the weekend. Um, yeah, when you work it out, yeah, fuck. When you work it out. And obviously people come in and out. So it might have been more than 20,000 in total that got to go into that sun disco tent which is ridiculous when you think about it. It's a lot of headphones. Over three <laughs> nights. Oh, yeah, just over three nights. And yeah, 20,000 plus probably went through that tent and heard me and John on on that channel. That's incredible. Are you, are you talking to people as well, like doing the deal? Oh, is it literally just tunes? No, I was, I'm massive on the microphone. Um, <laughs> oh, I know you are normally. I wasn't sure if you were doing that. But the thing about the sign disco is because they've only got the headphones to kind of get them into a vibe and you're kind of doing battle with the other channel, but you're not because you want to kind of like make it just a great night for everybody. There's so much hype 
like the like the microphone is like stuck in my hand like just get like go people on channel a let's go come on and then and then like oh my god it's us and they go for it and they absolutely go for it and honestly if you if any point of any song you go people on channel a let me hear you scream and then you just and you listen and then all you can is and it's it's mad because so cool but yeah, like I said, it goes back to it before, like a, a silent disco DJ wouldn't work if you're not a microphone person. It wouldn't. Yeah. It's not the same experience, which is why I guess for me, it, it works perfectly because I do like to have a bit of a chat. Yeah. So, sometimes, you know, I'm not supposed to, but <laughs> there, are, there, there are, there is a club that I play that don't really like you being on the microphone but at headphone disco you you have to have that microphone permanently in your hand sometimes you might as well just be listening to spotify <laughs> yeah <laughs> because you're not there to see a dj you're there to party with your friends but you still want some interaction yeah and so yeah headphone discos is is all about how you are with the crowd as well it's a massive massive part so when it comes to preparing a set and whatnot is it a different approach you'd take doing the festivals and you would play in a club or is it pretty much the same? It was, I think the first time I did Reading, it was going to be a different approach until I realised a lot of the stuff that I played on a Saturday in Spoons would work perfectly anyway. Um, and I thought, oh, what can we do? What can we do? And then just play Beyonce and it's fine. <laughs> And people still want to go hard to the big R&B songs, the big hip-hop songs. It's exactly the same. Um, the youngsters at Reading, like it's a young crowd now. It's like it's traditionally now a, a post-GCSE, post-A-level crowd. Um, end of, you know, you get your results and it's the end of August. It's the last party of the summer. Um, the crowd is so different now. When we used to go as um, kids paying to get in, it was a rock and metal festival. Mm. Reading was a rock festival. Slayer playing Metallica, you know, that was what it was. It was big metal bands, a pop stage, sorry, not a pop stage, a pop punk stage and hardcore music, not hardcore, like happy hardcore, like hardcore punk and metal. That was all the music there. Occasionally they would book 50 Cent or the Rasmus and try and mix it up and it didn't work. But it got to the point with Reading where they just went from, we're not booking those bands anymore. We are going the total opposite end of the scale. We're going to make the festival bigger and it's going to be a GCSE A-level thing. And it's now Post Malone, you know, big indie bands are massive at Reading, um, you know, Arctic Monkeys, who I love anyway. But it's, I saw Dua Lipa at Reading on the main stage. Now, 10 years ago, that sort of ice wouldn't have been playing that festival. But now there's a lot of like artists in that genre um, or in that mold that are playing that festival and they are high up on the, on the stages, they're headlining. Um, yeah. And if you look at the festival, which is, but this year, I mean, Queens of the Stone Age are headlining, but the other headliners and the other big bit of artists are either indie or pop. 
and there's there's not a lot of rock and metal about. There is UK rock, like Yumi at six fall into the that sort of category, but there's no like like Slayer wouldn't be playing there anymore. I mean, I know they've um, stopped, but they wouldn't I mean, yeah. they wouldn't be booked for that festival anymore. They wouldn't go near it. Um, they wouldn't be booking heavy bands for the main stage like they used to. Just going back to the club scene a second, like because obviously there's not a lot of alternative venues anymore, especially mm. with like small towns like Cheltenham, because obviously you used to have the pigs, um, you had props and you had the night owl. Now you've got the pigs and potentially the frog. But I know the frog don't really do a lot of DJ sets, so they have more like bands and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, so I suppose, having, again, going back to the music taste and everything, you had to sort of adapt anyway, yeah. because otherwise you'd been pigeonholed to one place. And there's obviously quite a few DJs that DJ there anyway. Yeah, and... Um- it's funny you mention that because when I was in the pigs on Saturday night and I was talking to um, Charlie Glover, who's a young up and coming DJ in Cheltenham. He's been in the, in the scene for a, a couple of years. He went through exactly the same way that I went. He, you know, Clive picked him up and Clive taught him how to do it. And he's got his own nights now. And, and he said to me like, am I missing a trick because you grew up on metal and punk and stuff. And now you DJ what I'm DJing, but he's not got that string to his bow, but it's not necessarily that important anymore. Like you are right. Like back in the day, there was alternative clubs all over the place. Yeah. Um, it might be different in other towns. Like you're in Birmingham, Jay, we, we've been to clubs in Birmingham where there's alternative music and the scenes a bit different, but, in Cheltenham, yeah, it's just, I mean, even the clubs in Gloucester, like Crackers, that used to be a big rock night, they're not there anymore. So I was just happy to be DJing somewhere else that wasn't props when I got asked to do spoons. And I kind of had a a certain amount of knowledge of what to play there anyway, because I was mm. I was working there on a Saturday night behind the bar. So I knew the sort of stuff that the DJ would be playing. I knew the music. It was just pulling it all together. And then once you do that, and I like I was playing same artists every week, but I was just growing an appreciation for that sort of music. And like you said, when you you mentioned Tiny Temper earlier, it's like that's a banger. Written stuff. We know it is. Yeah, we know it's a banger. We know Sia songs are huge, and people sing along to it. And it's for me, yeah, it was just about trying to open open my horizon of what was out there and and it did that and it worked an absolute treat because if i wasn't doing weather spoons um on a saturday night i i would definitely not have been able to get away with doing reading i'd have been like a duck in headlights i'd have been yeah. i've had no chance duck in headlights i'd have just been like no not for me because i don't know any of the music it took me a few years to you know get not so much a reputation, but just to feel comfortable playing music that I wouldn't normally necessarily listen to at home. Nice. I meant to ask earlier, I just realised, you were saying like you grew up playing, your dad playing guitar and you singing along and whatnot. Did you never want to learn to play an instrument? (laughs) I just couldn't. I couldn't (laughs) get around it. I, my dad really tried. um, Still sick of rock, bad mind. Um, say, I've heard yeah. you blast out some Devil Driver vocals. I, can, I know they're chords there. I can press that blue and red button like no one else. But <laughs> when it comes to when it comes to musical instrument, I guess I I just never got a grip to it. I just I just couldn't do it. I don't know why. I 
I still think I'd like to learn maybe bass or something. Um, but I, just, I don't know. Time, time consuming. Maybe my fingers aren't right. I don't know. I just, I would have loved to, I would love to be able to play guitar, but I, again, I think it comes back to like when I mentioned about like doing DJ in set, do DJ sets online. You want to do it right. And you want to, you don't want to put out a shit product. And I think with guitar and I, I just give up pretty quickly because I just could not do it. And I, I'm like, if anyone ever tries to hear me play this, then like, no. <laughs> so I said in the intro, uh, you're somewhat of an advocate for the local music scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know uh, to my knowledge, at least two local bands that you've got tattoos of that shows how much you love that shit. Yeah. As a, how did you first like discover how much local talent there was? Cause like the amount of bands I've seen you list off in the local scene is yeah. ridiculous. Well, we were always going to spend shows and four foot finger shows in Cheltenham. Like they, like I, I spoke about it with one of the lads on the podcast that I do. Like he was going to like four foot finger shows when he was like, and like 16, it was like 15 or 14 or overs at um, Branson's or other places like that. And, yeah, I just loved going to local shows because I've always gone to gigs. I've always I used to travel with my my mates from school. We would go to Cardiff every other weekend to see, you know, Ash or Reef or, you know, in in the late 90s, early 2000s, whatever bands were about. And we got into the Welsh scene a, a lot more because we were there a lot and we saw we saw all the bands there. Um, you know, funeral for a friend a bit later on. Um, the band we won't mention were yeah. I used to love going to see them. Um, we saw them like 30 to 50 times, like in little venues in Cardiff. Um all those bands, we 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 just went to Cardiff most weekends to see to see bands playing in Barfly or Club I Fall Back or the uni. Um and then yeah, I guess it wasn't a bit it wasn't until like later on that I started just going to out in Cheltenham a bit more and going to the gigs in Cheltenham. And, and I was DJing a little bit as well. I think it was more, it was around then. And some of the guys in the bands I'd met whilst I was at propaganda. So it was kind of an easy transition to be like, do you, are you come see our band? And, and it was like, yeah, I'll come see your band. Are you coming out Thursday to see me play? And it was kind of like that. And also one of the girls I worked with in uh, the bank house, um, Liv, she was in a band as well. So I would go out and see her band, see support bands. And then you just meet friends. You know, you just become friends with these guys because you're there a lot. And friends with like Ollie Roylance, um, who was, you know, obviously his job stopped at lockdown, but he was putting on, he's put on bands every fucking day. Um, there was always something to go and see at the frog. There was before that, there was always something to go and see at the pigs. Um, Tom's band played at the pigs in like the height of when bands were playing there every fucking day. Um, the, the posters were like massive. Um, so I just loved going to shows. Um, yeah. And became really, really good friends with a lot of the people in those bands. Are you looking forward to them coming back? Obviously I am. Yeah. I mean, I've missed local shows. I've, um, I, I'm a massive, massive fan of a band called Holden Absence. Um, and Ollie put them on before their debut come out. 
and they just blown up. And there was like 30 people in the frog watching Holden Absence. And now if they play anywhere, it sells out. Um, I listened to their new album today. Mate. I know. Absolute masterpiece. It's yeah. unbelievable. Every song is so catchy from start to finish. And they're it. just so good. And when they played the frog, they didn't have anything out. I just went because I was like, I'd heard of them. And I knew this, the singer has got, and and like he's got a Joe Green voice. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. And honestly, I I said to Joe the other day, I was like, "You're you're now not the guy." <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he is. He is the guy. Like, we know he's the guy. Um, but this guy from Holding Absence has got a fucking pair of lungs, man. And I went to see him on the back of the reputation that he had as a live singer, and there was, yeah. I don't I don't remember it being busy. I just remember it being an amazing like half an hour set that they played and then anything they released I just wanted. Um but that's like that's a band that from Wales that have just managed to catch a bit of success, which is amazing for them. But there are other bands in the, in Cheltenham that are talented and so good. I mean I said Jim Lockie, if you Jim Lockie and the Solemn Sun, amazingly talented band. I just can't speak highly enough of them. Um, and we all know how I feel about Empire and about Joe Green. Um, five guys who, like, three of the guys in that band uh, are still really good friends of mine. And, um, yeah, Joe and me, obviously, Joe obviously does the podcast with me. I wouldn't have wanted anybody else to do it with me um, because he's just, he's the fucking greatest. <laughs> He is a wonderful human being. Obviously, he's and, been on the show before. So, And he's just, yeah, like I used to go and see his and Ben's band, The Divine Secret, when they were playing and touring um, in Cheltenham and playing all the venues. Then Joe got me onto his new band, The Me Me Me's. And I took my dad to see him at the St. Paul's Tavern. I took my dad to see Empire at the Pigs. Like, it's just... Yeah, he, whatever he touches is is amazing. It's just, I, it's a shame that they've not ever really. He's not stellar because I thought with Empire he was going to go big, and it Same. kind of, yeah. yeah. But still an amazing band. Still love listening to that record. Amazing. Jamie, you need, to, you need to listen to Hold an Absence, Jamie. Listen to that new yeah, album. I'll, I'll check them out. After. It's unbelievable. To fair, I keep doing this. You keep telling me to listen to someone. Then about six months later, I'll remember. And I'll be like, <laughs> I really should have listened to that sooner. That was really good. He did. Uh, Day. He only sent us to Bury Tomorrow about a month ago. Now absolutely loves them. So you'll come, you'll, you'll come into that show on my birthday then? Yeah. Um, when are Bury, Bury Tomorrow in Bristol? Yeah. Is it Bristol? No, November 21st. You're in. I might try and go to that. I can't wait. So as we talk about local bands and whatnot, you've got ears on, ears from all around the world listening. Is there, is, is there like three or four bands that you think people should definitely go and fucking check out from the local scene? Well, I would really love, I mean, obviously Empire would were a favourite of mine just because they were really good friends. And I saw, I got to see them the same year, the year I DJed at Download, they played Download. Um, so I think it's fair to say they were quite a big band anyway. Um but they're obviously not active, but I'd still suggest that people go and check out deaf as a girl. Um, they're on Spotify. They've got an EP there. I went to a fir- the first couple of shows they did. I went up to Birmingham. Um, I, the lion 
are another three three lads, really, really good friends of mine. I love them all to pieces. Um, Biffy Clyro kind of vibe. Um, super talented. Again, will they ever get massive? It's, it's doubtful, but I still think they deserve people's time. I still think people should be able to go, well, I've listened to them and I can give you an opinion. I think they're brilliant. Um, and the other band, I, I'm i not sure if I mentioned them earlier. No, I mentioned it on the podcast earlier. So yeah, I've not mentioned them on this one. Um, is a band from Swindon called All Is A Vow. Um, and they're just ridiculously good. They're super, super talented they are amazing at the whole social media side. Um, they just started a TikTok account for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> and but they're they're on the ball with everything they're doing. Um, and I just think they're great. They've got they're a pop punk, you know, band with synths and pianos, and they just sound fucking amazing. And they make me so happy when I watch them live. And they are four genuinely, genuinely wonderful people. Um, Amazing. Yeah, similar vein to kind of Paramore because Claire's the the front woman of the band. Um, she's just got a fucking great voice. Um, so yeah, those bands definitely. But um, I really, I'd also like to promote a band called Down Not Out. Um, they're a local band. I didn't really know much about them, and then we interviewed Joe, the singer, for our podcast, and I played one of their songs at the Two Pigs over the weekend, and it just went down really, really well, and I loved it, and I loved their EP and their album. Um, so they're another band to check out as well. That's a point. Has anyone, has like members of the band been in the room when you've played their songs? Because I, I know you've played local bands when you're playing the song. Yeah. So sense. one of the one of the other girls from the band um, Down and Out was actually in the Pigs on Saturday Night, and me and Sam, the other DJ, spotted her, and I was like, I interviewed the singer the other day. So I text the singer, and I was like, I'm gonna. Um, I'm playing your song and she was like, yeah, I know my bandmates just sent me a video of her dancing around to it. Um, <laughs> so it's, I, I love playing local bands. Like it, it goes back to that whole, like I, I love going to see their bands. I'll play them. And that's why I get on well with people because I, I can't do it. I can't play a guitar. I can't do what they're doing. I can, I can stand there for six hours and play other people's music, but I can't stand there for 40 minutes and play my own. Um, and I, yeah, at trees, at trees, especially like there's a band called bar fight who I've like, they're like a hardcore band. Then the music is like not a lot of bands like that play at trees, but I still fucking throw down their song. It's like a two minute, like heavy, quick banger. And they're just like, you played our song again. This is ridiculous. And I play all is about, I've played empire at trees. I played the me, me, me's at download just because I could. And that's why you're an ambassador for local music. Because... I knew Joe. I knew Joe was there, and I was like, "I'm going to play me and me." So I know people. Aren't, <laughs> I know people aren't going to dance to it, and I know they don't know it. But at least they'll have heard it. And you're in charge. Who gives a shit? So yeah, <laughs> my rules. <laughs> so you've mentioned it quite a fair bit. I think it's only fair that we get to it. Your podcast, the Gatefold Gateway. How is that what it's called, Jamie? Yeah. Did I say it wrong? Apparently you have on occasion before. Yeah, I get, yeah. uh, get it mixed up all the fucking time. I thought I got it right this time. I even double checked it. <laughs> no, you did. I was just sorry. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Just I was writing my notes earlier. I was like, I have got it right around this time, haven't I? Cool. Yes. Gatefold Gateway. How yeah, did that become 
how did it, how was it born? So, yeah, like October last year, um, I was like, well, for the last two years, I guess, um, I've been listening to a podcast every single week called Sapnin. Um, and it's the singer from the Blackout who were a big Welsh um, band in that scene, um, a guy called Sean Smith. Um, and he does a podcast called Satin with another guy called Morgan, who's a music journalist from South Wales. Um, and they interview musicians and they interview like top dog, top dog musicians. And I'm I like, not like Dave Grohl, but Charlie Simpson, um, uh, Winston from Parkway Drive. Um, they've had Newfound Glory on there. They, John Feldman. John Feldman from Goldfinger. Um, they get great people on their podcast and people that I want to listen to. Like the guy from um, Parkway Drive, I was like, I want to listen to what he's saying because I fucking love Parkway Drive. Um, I know that we can't necessarily do that, but I was like, I really want to chat to musicians, but I don't want to steal their idea and talk about them. Like this is what you guys do. You, you're talking about your guest. I was right. like, I just want to talk about music. I just want to talk about records because I fucking love records. I'm a huge vinyl collector. I, I don't listen to singles. I want the whole work. And so I was like, I really want to do something because I'm going to be bored during lockdown and I know it's coming. Um, so I thought a podcast would be a way of doing it. So I got in touch with Joe and we chatted about it. And I said, look, I think we could do it. And Joe knows a lot of people like, I say I know a few. Joe knows everyone. Like, um, he knows people. And I was like, if we do it together, you could get some cool people. Um, I can get a few cool people. Um, and maybe we could just do like a a desert island desert island disc sort of thing, where you just not your top five albums, but we'll come up with some questions and we'll just chat about bands. And he was like, he was super keen from the start. Um, I had the name in my head because obviously being a vinyl collector, I've got gatefold vinyls and I was like, gateway, where, where do you, where did you start your musical career? Like what was the first record you bought? And so it's like a gatefold gateway into people's like musical history through albums that they love. It's um, a very clever name. It's a great yeah. name. And I come up with it. And I was so, <laughs> you? I was like, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and I, yeah, like I said, it's, I had to learn how to do it. I reached out to you guys because um, you were doing yours. And I was like, okay, you probably know some stuff. Like, I mean, it's, it's basic what I do. You're doing it exactly the same way as I do it on a zoom call. Yeah. Um, there's not really many other ways you can go about it. Um, at the moment, anyway, at the moment. Um, and I was just said to Joe, I was like, let's, start booking and we did like 10 interviews and then I had to learn. I, I, I spoke to Jamie about like, how do you put it out there? Um, so yeah, I was just like learning more software, more programs and it was all right. I enjoyed it and learned how to do like editing, not massive amounts, but enough to make an episode. Mm. And then, yeah, we just, Recorded with um, James, who was in Empire. We did two recordings of that episode. Um, we did like, we sat down and had a few beers and we just did a, like a mock one of how it would go. 
And then two days later, we were back on a Zoom call. We recorded it. Um, I didn't even know Zoom could record. <laughs> Zoom came. Zoom came, became popular when lockdown happened, didn't it? Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Com- yeah. Companies were like, we need that. And Zoom now is like, must be worth the same as Spotify. Um, <laughs> but they they found a niche in the market that every single company needs because you can't go to work. But I, so I didn't realize you could record. Um, I was like, so I said to Jamie, I was like, and all, all the sound comes through. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> and so we did it. And I was like, well, how do you like edit bits? Like if someone says inappropriate things, um, I was like, oh, well, I use this software. It's free. And I downloaded that software and I've taught myself how to do the very basics. Amazing. That's all I know um, how to do on there. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I don't care about like the fade in and fade out and all that jazz. I've just, you know, I, I've done a podcast with Joe with somebody and we had to cut 20 minutes out cause it was inappropriate, but we had a laugh about it and no one will ever hear it. <laughs> I deleted it, but it was just, it was amazing. I was like, we've just put an episode. I've got an episode on Spotify. I can go on Spotify and my podcast is there. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. It's and I was cool. like, I, I still can't fathom it. And I was like, it's on Apple Podcasts as well. Like, yeah. We've not got around to the whole YouTube thing and Joe's not very uh, keen for that. And we've, we're not really going to go that way. I know you guys do. And it's, it's amazing. It's what works for you. Um, you guys got like lots of graphics, very visual. We're not... I, I'm not a very graphic kind of person. I can't do design. I can't draw. Um, if you ask me to draw a man, it'll be a stick man. Um, <laughs> I, li- I, I have no graphic, you know, skill whatsoever. Um, Something in the house with the tree in the, yeah. in the corner. <laughs> I, can, I can draw a bit of a path. <laughs> and, a and I might draw a cross in the window to show... Oh, panes of glass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought I was making progress when I went from the, the triangle roof and and up until the, the flat one with the edges. I was like, well, that oh, was like, cool. the, like the rhombus. Yeah. The, yeah. Like it was um, that way, I thought that was progress, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently people can draw very well and I'm not that person. And I, and one of my friends, I just put on Twitter. I was like, can anyone do me a logo? And people want so much money for that stuff. Like, yeah. I was like, somebody somebody tweet like they just go they there's literally people in companies aren't there that are on Twitter and they just type graphic every 20 minutes. Yeah. And if they see someone's tweeted about do you want a graphic, they instantly DM you. And they wanted like 300 quid for a logo. Yeah. And I was like, Don't worry, mate. I was like, Don't worry. And then a friend from Gloucester, Oni, he messaged me and was like, What do you want? I was like, I've got this idea in my head and I just, I want it like this. And I, I kind of know what I want, but I don't know how to do it. And he was like, leave it with me. He charged me 20 quid. Legend. That's well, amazing. For, for three logos, like the two in the circle and the, and the big one. And I was like, it's, it's not what you know is who you know. What an absolute hero. Have you ever had uh, guests... I mean, I mean, I know yours is very local at the moment. Yes. But have you ever reached out to anybody and like for an interview and they've gone, yeah, if you pay me so much? Um, we've not had anybody try and charge us, which is good. Um, 
And we are, like I said, we didn't want to copy what the Sapling podcast was doing, but we kind of want to do a little bit more where we talk to them about what they're doing. Cause I kind of like to promote them a bit more, especially if they're in a local band. Um, so we've condensed the chat about bands and albums and we've kind of opened up a maybe 20% to for what they're doing and who they are and what they're about amazing um, just because i think there are like local bands are interesting like every scene's different in every part of the country like jamie grew up in birmingham like he probably went to see one or two local bands i was going to cardiff there were local bands in cardiff like that became huge because it was a big scene birmingham was a big scene um you know there are good bands out there but we have gotten we are in the process of talking to one or two people in in much bigger bands. Which, I look forward to seeing yeah. that. Um, the Devil Wears Prada. I'm just saying. Um, Very nice. But you know, we're we're all right doing. I like chatting to mates, and I like chatting, like finding out things I didn't know about friends and what records I listen to. And and like you said, like the funny ones are, are the ones where it's your really close mate, and you can just. Yeah chat like you normally would in the pub yeah, over a pint fucking brilliant and i'm like they are funny episodes like the one with chris from i the lion is still it was only that's... episode episode three and we still didn't really know what we were doing it i i still think that's fucking comedy gold it is hilarious that has a really good episode as well. hel- I did, yeah i enjoyed the world episode earlier really and, enjoyed yeah, that yeah that was amazing it's it's funny but it's it's still talking about music it's still relevant Exactly. And again, there goes that ambassador for the local scene because you're getting local bands on again, people that run venues, people that work at festivals, you know, um, producers, you get local, actual local artists as well. It's absolutely, I think it's a great idea. I think it's, a, I, I think it's going from strength to strength. I'm really enjoying Thank it. Thank you very people. much. No worries. Appreciate it. Beautiful. Tom, have you got any more questions before we start wrapping up? Is there anybody you would really love to have on the show? Is that, is that, have you got like a bucket list of like it's almost like you know you'll never get them but you'd love if you did like who would it be i mean i can only sort of say people that i i find interesting or funny um charlie simpson from busted um i know from listening to his interviews i've met him he signed one of he signed um one of my busted vinyls um I know he's super interesting. He's funny. He loves a drink. And we only met once for like 20 minutes, but he was really interested to know about me. And he was such a nice guy. Like I would love to have a proper conversation with him about music because his favorite band is my favorite band, which is Deftones. Um, So that would be sick. I would love him on if he's listening. Um, (laughs) I don't know if he's a Chronicles follower. Um, (laughs) He is. Let us know. Yeah. If you, if you are Charlie, um, we want you. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I know I've mentioned her name a few times, but I, yeah, Dua Lipa's queen, isn't she? Um, never going to happen. Like that's out of the question. Um, but there are like through DJ and there are, you know, celebrities that I've met that like, who I just think would be super interesting. Like, um, Miss Dynamite, um, she was literally. Name I haven't the, heard in a long time. He was one of the nicest people I've ever met, and she's just amazing. Like, I did not expect 
what I got from her. Um, for, just a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, we that this was at a festival. Um, there was a uni ball in Aberystwyth, um, which me and Clive went to, and we had dinner with Top Loader. And they were amazing. They were chatting to us like we were their best mates. And we had pints over lunch in a pub. Incredible. Um, That's awesome. And then because the promoters of the festival, well, sorry, it's not a festival, the uni ball, they were like, oh, you're artists. We've got no catering, but we've paid for your lunch in this pub. And we just happened to walk in at the same time Top Loader did. And they put us on the same table. Amazing. (laughs) So we were just drinking lager and they were like this is the menu and we had pies or burgers and really nice pub food like really nice pub food like spot on um <laughs> aberystwyth's a mile like bare miles to get to um but it was a wonderful uni um and yeah we met top loader and miss dynamite that was amazing um also i think um the other guy would be jesse from the eagles of death metal um just because I know he's a nice guy. Um, we met him at Download. Um, Joe Green played there with Empire, and we managed Joe. We just managed to blag ourselves backstage, um, and we were wandering around. And we met um, one of the fr- girls that we know that does photography um, for some of the bands. And then uh, Jesse from Eagles Death Metal walked past, and Joe was like, "Hi, dude!" And he was like, "You're right, guys." And then um, for some reason, neither of us had our phones on us. What? How yeah. typical. So we had to, Jesse grabbed us both. Um, I think he gave us drinks. And we're like, he finished doing media. His manager was like, what are you doing now? And he was like, I'm going with these guys. And he was like, we've got to get a picture. We've got to get a picture. And we ran around for like five, 10 minutes trying to find someone with a with a phone or something and we had our pitch taken and he was just so happy to like just chat about absolutely fucking nothing to but to not be in that whole like your band's on in two hours you've got to do this you've got to do that he was like i i just want to do human things and not be told what to do yeah 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 and he was lovely he was really nice so i guess the people that i would love to have on are the people i know would be a really interesting conversation and he'd be he'd be up there and eagles of death metal are amazing anyway awesome. awesome right before we get out of here we like to play a little game it's called the quick fire round we launch five questions at you you okay. answer them as quick as possible it is as simple as that are you ready? Can't are you <laughs> favorite pizza topping pineapple with cheese or without? Without cheese. I don't need cheese. Yeah, fucking cheese. All the all the meat, all the meat and, and a bit of pineapple. I was hoping this had changed from over the years. No. Your first celebrity crush. Uh baby spice. How do you take your tea or coffee? I have coffee, a little bit of milk, too sugar. Who would play you in the movie of your life? Tom Cruise, because he's pretty short as well. <laughs> but Just, you know, to doing all those stunts. Even that old David Draymond, because he's got no hair like I have. So. Works. <laughs> and the last one, piece of advice that you could give to young Damien and Batcher many, many years ago. 
start listening to pop music sooner. Great. It might, it might be shit, but just get into it because it's good. <laughs> just tolerate it or help just you like tolerate it. <laughs> Listen to more than just Linkin Park. Like, get into every type of music. Because other, you know, otherwise you will eventually. Or I guess my other my other answer, if I could change it, it would be just be like grow some balls and try and get into music a bit at a younger age. Because I think uh, if I was DJing at 18, 19, I don't know where I'd be now. Nice. Wonderful. Right, before we get out of here, any plugs, social medias, websites, whatever you want people to check out? I don't really plug myself on social media as a as a DJ. I'm Obviously, I've got a residency, which I can't wait to get back to. Um, just go and follow some local bands I've mentioned. Um and if you're interested to listen to me talk about music with other people, then you can go on to Instagram, search for the Gatefold Gateway. And also, which I think is better, is if you go onto Spotify and search for the Gatefold Gateway songs, every single band and artist and track we talk about gets chucked into a playlist. Um, and it's it's becoming like the most eclectic playlist I've ever created. Um, there is everything on there. Um, and it's amazing. It's like 140 tracks at the moment. Um, just press shuffle. So Spotify, Gateful Gateway, the songs. Um, and yeah, the podcast is available everywhere on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, other places. I don't think anyone else uses other places to listen to podcasts. But um, yeah, the Gateful Gateway, we've got 17 episodes out. Um, they are mostly local um, people, which I, which we've talked about. But if you like music and you want to listen to people talk about music, kind of some good stories. Exactly. And it's fun. Stories. Yeah. Fun exactly. And where can people find you on Twitch? So my Twitch is DJ Damo 666, I think. Um, yeah. The, unfortunately, because I'm now outside at the two pigs doing a little bit of DJing every weekend, the Twitch has kind of slowed right down and I've not done it for a few weeks, but who knows? I might play some football manager. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've done it once, honestly. I've done it. I'll play football manager and talking to a microphone about Paul Pogba. I don't care. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. If, if that's what people want, like there are people that play football manager on Twitch. I've just never understood people watching games. I love watching uh, my friend play Grand Theft Auto, though. So okay. th- there are some good Twitches out there. Fair enough. Damo, this has been amazing, mate. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. It was great fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, bro. Thank you. You so are much. very welcome. I really hope that, um, yeah, I, I guess I can sort of talk, mention it to other people who are listening. Like, we've got some plans for you to, guys to come onto our podcast um, in the future. and But I really want to do it live. I, we've done we've done one live recording a couple of weeks ago, which was weird because we were allowed in the, uh, we were allowed in gardens and um, we went to someone's house and sat in their garden and we recorded wow. it. Which was weird. I like I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but um it was nice. It was really nice. Um and I really want that to become the norm. Yeah. yeah. I mean I'd love to do it live with you, so hopefully we can make that happen. Yeah, maybe put it on Twitch. <laughs> Let's do it. Fuck Why not? Yeah. Wonderful. This has been amazing. Thank you so much, my friend. No problem. Cheers, guys. Take, Take care, care of yourselves. Bye bye. Bye bye. 
Hi, I'm Frank Guglielmelli, and I'm the narrator for some wonderful audio dramas from SISCAST, like Marty and Mars, Bounty Hunters, and a great part in Val Toby, with much more to come. You can find these programs on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or head over to our website, www.syscast.com. We are excited to announce that we are now affiliated with the Chronicles of Podcast with Tom and Jamie. Now, let's get to this week's interview. Hey, honey bunny, it's Rivka Reyes, and you are listening to the Chronicles of Podcast. Podcast. 